When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Down the Dog with me, John Richardson. And me, Matt Ford. Guess where I went yesterday? Ooh. I was at the same place as Rishi Sunak yesterday. I oh my missed God. Him by about, I missed him by about an hour. Okay. Taxi driver was a Spurs fan. He was Were like, you trying to uh, track him down? No, no, I didn't know. I didn't. I was going somewhere I didn't know he'd been. He was like, yeah, Sunak was here earlier. <laughs> I said, all right. I said, did you okay. see him? He said, nah, I'll tell you where I'd like to see him now. In fact, I'll better not tell you. I'll get in trouble. He was a very funny gentleman. <laughs> and and did he tell you where he'd like to see him? No, I don't think he knew. It was one of those where okay. I, if I'd have said, no, where? He'd have gone, well, I don't know, fucking prison or something. <laughs> well, yeah. It just sounded better to not know. I'll, okay. tell you, I'll tell you what I'd do to him. What would you do to him? Uh, well, I don't know, nothing, nothing illegal. Would you just slap him? Yeah, I'd tell him, I'd tell him I didn't like him. Where? Okay, I'm going to guess. Where was Sunak yesterday? What were the big news stories yesterday? He wasn't oh, at the guess- Labour Party conference, was he? Oh, he was giving some speech. Oh, it was about was it about building or something? There was, was a, a big football announcement yesterday morning. Oh yes, Euro twenty twenty eight is yes. the joint UK and Ireland. We were the only bidder. We get it by default, and it's another way of making sure that England can never host a World Cup again. But it's great news. Um, oh, he's angry about it. He doesn't like it. I just think we were meant to be bidding for World Cup twenty thirty, and they told us not to bother. So we went in for the Euros. It, it, I'm glad that there's a UK and Ireland bid. I think that would be a hugely unifying thing. And, and I often think, why is it always England that's bidding for like Euro ninety six or whatever? We're a small island, small group of islands. It mm-hmm. should be all shared around. So I like that, and I think it'd be unifying. But I'd rather the, the Welsh will open the, uh, huh? the. The Welsh will get the first game. That's great. Down the Millennium Stadium there, watching the old uh, Croatia versus I don't know Portugal. Be the next. That's good for football. It's good for Wales. World Cup. No, it's great for Wales, Ireland. Northern Ireland, Scotland, England's good for us all, and that is a good thing. So London. So were you at Wembley? He didn't go to Wembley. No, he did go to uh, hold a flag. No, he didn't go to Lancaster Gate. He got well. I was going to say he got on a train. He got in his chopper. Clearly, he ain't getting the train. Maybe he drove. I'd say from Westminster to where he went, you're looking at a good two and a half hour. Okay, so it's outskirts of London. No, oh, well, it's out of London. Might, might have been if HS2 had kicked in. So out of London, up the M40, uh, an England football location, St George's in Park, St George's <gasps> Park. Oh my God, you've been to St George's Park. I went to St George's Park yesterday. I missed Sunak was there in the morning waving his flag about. Ugh, love football, me. Just come to celebrate with the lads. Off he went again. What is it? Then the real. The England Lionesses women's football team. <laughs> Just say the Lionesses, you. F- <laughs> yeah, celebrate with a gin and slim. So I know why Sunak was at St. George's Park, but why was John Richardson there? Well, I don't know if you heard that uh, Bukayo Saka has picked up a knock. Oh, my God. And uh, is unable to play. You did like a Tonya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan on me. (laughs) I was drafted in at the last minute. Gareth rang me. He said, look, do you remember that piss we had next to each other at Ellen Road four years ago? Couldn't help but notice you had lovely calves. 
I filmed something with the England team yesterday. So oh, because, my God. Because Channel 4 have broadcast rights <sighs> for the um, England games, they oh film my. little uh, silly bits and pieces. So I don't know if you remember on this podcast. Yeah. One can use the phrase throwing toys out of pram, sulking, shitting his knickers. Um, I was slightly upset that the England football team had been invited to play Countdown and that I had not been asked to take part in that. Yes, I remember. That decision was taken away from me. Um, Yesterday, I played Carrot in a Box at St. George's Park with John Stones. Oh, my God. Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, my God. Eddie Nketiah and James Madison. Fuck me, that is so cool. It was a lovely day. It was, And I tell you what, I was slightly anxious that a, it's not a game anyone's ever heard of, and B, there's not a lot to it. It's literally put a carrot in a box, and then you have to guess whether there's a carrot in a box. I thought they might not get into this because I know they like the sort of they like the sporty ones, don't they? Where you've got to throw the ball in the bucket, or I thought they're not going to get into this. They got right into it. I've never seen anything like it, and a feeling coming away. I mean, for a start, St George's Park. Have you been? No, I've always wanted to go because there's a hotel there, and I thought one day I'm just going to go and stay there. It's enormous and it Man. is immaculate it's like be it's like what i imagine like a vip golf course is like oh, so you, yeah you get to the gate and then it's another it's like a, it's like driving to batman's house down a little oh. windy country lane surrounded by immaculate green areas on either side before you even get to the pitches right and then the pitches you've got like loads of 4g pitches you've got like indoor pitches you've got the grass on the football pitches there's about five or six of them and every one you want to stop and just leather a ball on oh They're man absolutely immaculate and you come away thinking this is this must be one of the best training facilities on the planet oh that's so there good. really is no excuse for ever losing a game again I mean, only the like, best for our boys it is like well as as the as the uh the taxi driver drove me they went well you know where your fucking football money's going don't you <laughs> <laughs> Somehow managed to be annoyed by how good it was, but it's uh, it's an exquisite facility. And I told everyone on the production, I was like, "Well, um, I have had a piss next to Gareth Southgate, so he'll probably know me." So when I got there, I got changed because I thought, "Do you know what? All, do you know what's good in these situations? You can make the mistake of going in and trying to make the footballers like and respect you by wearing designer clothes and talking mm. like they talk." I've learned over the years that is a mistake because they're not going to like you because you just live in different worlds. So I dress like an absolute prize twat. Um, do you want to speculate on what I wore? Well, I'm, sort of top guess, I think, if this was three or four years ago, I'd have said you'd have gone in a Southgate waistcoat. Ah, now you're right to think about Southgate. I didn't wear a waistcoat, but a I was trying to... Um, there is for sale... So I was going to get one made when I found out this thing was happening. Um, I thought, do you know, I, I want to get a Euro 96 style cardigan. Amazing. Um, there wasn't a lot of lead up time. So I Googled England cardigan and there's one for sale as part of the last sort of raft of actual Nike products. There is a Nike England cardigan. I mean, it's a monstrosity. It really is. It's not a nice looking thing. So you ordered one of them. Yeah, if you Google, Nike. Uh, I was going to say you your laptop, but. Yeah. Obviously. Uh uh. Nike. If you Google, yeah, England cardigan. Nike England. Now, I have to point out the people wearing it in the promotional pictures, oh uh, they Jesus don't wear it Christ. like I wore it. Yeah, what do you think? That's weird. It looks it's very cheap. weird, isn't it? No disrespect to anyone who's got one. I mean, it, primarily, its job is to keep you warm. I'm sure it does that. Um, it's, it's kind of, it just looks like nylon. It doesn't look like a cardigan. 
Yeah, it's the sort of it's got that soft feel, but you think this is two washes two washes in. This is going to be bobbly as all hell. Yeah, it looks very eighties acrylic, highly flammable. Yeah, I imagine you pulled it off. You're a cardigan kind of guy. Paired the cardigan with a buttoned-up white formal shirt with yeah. a, and I snuck this into St George's because I'm a bad boy. A Leeds United tie. Okay. So you, you can't see the Leeds United badge underneath the cardigan, but you and I know it's there. So when that goes out before the uh, Australia game, you and I both know I'm wearing a Leeds tie. Yeah, and a bit of fun. And and I'm sure you could pull that cardigan off, John. But when you mm-hmm. actually pulled it off, was there like any electric shock? No, there wasn't. Uh, well, there was a shock, actually, because I was in the changing rooms at St. George's Park, and I took the cardigan off, and as my arm uh, moved to the side, I unwittingly put it underneath the hand dryer, which kicked in, and I nearly shit my pants. Um, I didn't know the hand dryer was there, and I screamed a little bit. Um, what do you think I paired that cardigan with, bottom off? Shorts. Yes, full kit. So shorts, <laughs> football socks, football boots. That's so funny. Um, so what were they? What were they like? I imagine. I'm imagine. I think Madison's pretty good crack. Yeah. So I imagine he was probably the more. Oh, Stones is quite charismatic. Were they the two most outgoing? I mean, all of them really in their own way. Uh, and Ketty was the quietest, but incredibly charismatic. I mean, the way yeah. he looks when he just looks at you, it is. He's got a real stare on him. Like you're, the, he, only, like you're the only gal in the room. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, sadly, because of the so, so my sort of gag was, look, I'm behind a podium, so you can see my uh, cardigan and tie. But if a ball rolls along and Gareth Southgate walks past and I crack it in, as I believe they call it, top bins, to mm-hmm. use the preferred nomenclature of the, the football boys. Soccer um, community. Then I'm going to score a goal. That was my gag. And I tell you what, the way Eddie and Ketia looked at my legs, that's going to take me years of therapy to recover from. What, because it was, he's admir- admiring or just No, like- no, no. No, he stepped up to the podium and he looked down and <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. My guess would be, what the fuck is that? Would be the sort of, that's what was crossing his mind. He, he was too classy to say that. Um, so I'll be did South- you see Southgate? I, well, as I arrived, I went to get changed in the toilets and I told the whole team, like, oh, I've had a piss next to Gareth, don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. And then as I went to get changed in the to- toilets, he was coming down the corridor um, and I thought, oh God, we're going to go into a toilet together again. And I don't yeah. think the two times I see Gareth Southgate can be in a toilet. And I th- I had a real panic of like, oh no, what if he thinks I've wasted for him outside the toilet? And what if he thinks I want to keep just pissing next to him? <laughs> He's going to get scared every time he goes into the toilet that I'm going to be there. So I sort of skipped down the corridor. He was coming down a, a side road, if you will, and I was on the main dual carriageway to get to the toilet. Um, I thought, I'll just get in. I don't want to speak to him. He looked quite um, quite sweaty, and I don't Hang know on. if he'd just been for a workout. You, you didn't want to speak. Oh, I did want to speak to him. Don't you worry you about th- that. Did you, did you say, hi, Gareth? No, I didn't because he was... Ooh, fuck. You know the distance when it's slightly too awkward to hold a door for someone? No, but it's the England manager. You wait. I know, but yes, but we're at St. George's Park. No, it it's, doesn't They're matter. preparing for two international games. One of them's a friendly. Well, I know there is that. I made that joke Chicken. and that didn't go down very well. Said, one of them, uh, I can't remember, one of them nearly tripped over something. I said, oh, be careful. I don't want to sort of be the guy who gets an England player injured before two big games. Well, one big game and a friendly against Australia. Have you Googled the Australian squad? No. 
I mean, we'll have Australian listeners, um, yeah. of course. Everyone's welcome in the dock. We've got Copers on. You like your bloody Copers beer? Um, I don't know any of them. Yeah, it'd be fine. I didn't know a single Australian player. You don't need to. No, I don't. You bottled it with Southgate, and you were a disgrace for that. If I'd have waited for him, it would have been weird. He looked. I'm not going to say he looked angry because I'm. I, I love Gareth Southgate, and I don't. I don't. I don't think he's got that emotion inside him. I think he's too rational and reasonable, and uh, he knows that anger is not an emotion worth dabbling with. But he looked like um, he would just come out of a gym or something. I don't know if he, he had training like session. That. He always. Oh, he's, he's always got that slightly furrowed brown look. About. He, he, no, I, he was. He was sweaty. Talk. He was sweating. They're always sweaty. It's a heat wave. Um, well, no, I bottled it. I nearly saw him anyway because I couldn't get the toilet door open. I thought it was locked. Um, it turned out it just needed to push it quite hard. For fuck's sake. It was a bad... It was a, it was a Mr. Bean-like. Um, I was dressed in the cardigan and suit at this point, and I was holding my little shorts and football boots. I looked Aww. pathetic. Did you um, take lots of photos? Uh, well, no, I didn't. I, t- I took one of me on the pitch, and um, don't get me wrong, when it goes out, I'll be screenshotting the hell out of it Yeah. Um, for uh, for documentary purposes. I, I got to, I had a little chat with Calvin Phillips. Oh. Who remains just the one of the just nicest men in football. And was he like... All right, John. I mean, a bit more masculine than that. All right, John. A bit less masculine than that. Right, John. Um, Leads. Yeah, lovely. He was just, he was a lovely gentleman, lovely hand. They all smell, as you would imagine, unbelievably good. It's a real feast for the nose. Mm. I I told them, two of them, that they smelled good, and it was a bit weird. Which Um, two? Madison? Madison, yes. And uh, Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, interesting. Um, you wouldn't have been my top pick. Well, they just all smelled good. That was the two I was nearest. I mean, I could tell you now that they all smell. I was just so jealous because you, what you can tell is it's a lovely group. And I always, maybe because it's our era, I will never forgive that generation of England players who brought all their ego and swagger. The Lampards, the Terrys, the Rooneys, that era of where they never quite looked like they liked it they couldn't bring themselves to like each other or to gel as a unit and perform the way that we sort of wanted them to and it was a real lost generation there's none of that sense with these lot they just whatever two were next to each other they were laughing and joking and i was just really jealous it looks like they have a lovely time they have a right laugh together they get on and they're all good nice i love them i love them i mean Obviously, it's a former England player that's um, all over Netflix at the moment. Have you seen any of the Beckham documentary? Yeah, I'm. I'm two episodes in. Um, oh, uh, not my choice, I have to say. I would gladly have left it, but my wife wanted to watch it, and we don't agree on telly much. Um, so I just thought, fuck it. You enjoy? I it? see. Every time I say to her, "You pick," is a sport window, basically. So if I if I just hand the remote control and she comes down and say whatever you want is fine, that means one maybe I say the ratio is two to one. If I do that twice, I get one night where I get to say it's the darts final, or I know this isn't Leeds, but I I don't want to explain the reasons why Luton Burnley is important to me. But may I watch it? Please? <laughs> but you've had a result because you've picked a football documentary. Yeah, I have to say I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I'm what loving. I found very difficult is f- because obviously it's it's made for non-football fans. Mm. This sort of neutrality with which they assume people feel towards Manchester United is difficult. So there's yeah, they obviously David Beckham played for one of the most hated clubs in England. <laughs> no, I understand that. But, but the narrative of the 
and I agree, it's it's a great story, the kick out at Simeone and then Manchester United gone to win the treble. But the idea that that's the happy ending, I had to sort of try and explain to my, my wife, look, obviously for the Beckhams, this is an important thing for them. Let me just point out, as a football fan who does not like Manchester United, this is not a happy... This is not a happy ending for me. And then all the league titles they won that they just don't mention. So the very next episode ends with them winning the title again. They don't show any of that season. Yeah. They had to keep prodding Lucy and say, just to say, they won the league again that year. They haven't even fucking mentioned it. I tell you what, it, it does make me realise, and I am I would say I'm very on board with this, is firstly, I've never booed any team that I support. And and I always think booing at halftime is mm-hmm. madness. Um, and obviously this is relevant to Man United in 2023. But the abuse footballers get, I mean... Yeah. I would have definitely joined in in younger years with like booing players, telling them to F off and what. But the, the stuff Beckham got, even at that age when we were 15, 16, yeah. you could tell that it was just so bad. It was absolutely unjustifiable. You see what Harry Maguire's going through now and you're like, it's mad that everyone's yes. going to watch that and go, oh, that was terrible. And yet they're all going to still pile in on Harry Maguire. Yeah, it's sort of like the politics thing, isn't it? Where the conspiracy theorists who believe that there are there are politicians whose stated aim is to make the country worse and make life harder for people. And I sort of think it with football that they don't honestly believe that they want to do badly or they're really trying their best to be good yeah. at football and win games. That that's God, sort of the end on. of it. No manager wants to be shit. No no chairperson wants to ruin the club that they're looking after. You know, footballers are it's all a very simple sport. Mm. Everybody's trying their best all the time. Only one team can win each game and only one team can win the league. That is why sport is entertaining. So wise, John. I mean I don't know if you're familiar with the guy who's actually made the documentary and narrated it. No. It's a guy called Fisher Stevens. Does that name ring a bell? No, it does not. He is one of the stars of the fantastic TV show Succession. I don't watch it. Well, you should. So, well, I will it. then. The problem is, I would say, even though I'm a fan of him and I think he's phenomenal in Succession and Short Circuit too. Um, oh, lovely! Well, now you've got me in. Here we go. Yes, he's oh, he's both. He's in Short Circuit and Short Circuit too. Oh, I know the guy. Can oh, is that him? Yeah. Oh, well, I like it more now then. You need to watch Succession, well, for all of them, but he's very good in it. But his narration of it, I, I, I think he's slightly peculiar. I don't know okay. if you've got the episode yet where he'll just go, that motherfucker, man. And you're like, you've never <laughs> seen that. You're like, what? You're, meant to be nar- you're making a documentary. That's so <laughs> that fucking guy, that motherfucker. And you're like, what? <laughs> this is weird. No, I haven't you seen get that. Louis through, do you? Or Adam Curtis or, you know, who are the other great documenters of our time? Uh, you and me? That zebra, that motherfucker. <laughs> You'd be like, what? You can't talk about a lion like that. This is just the law of the jungle, baby. I mean, it goes without saying, I would love that. I would absolutely love a bit of uh, personal stuff. Because it'd be with people with Attenborough, wouldn't it? He'd be saying, stop using fucking plastic, you c- I'm nearly dead. It's your fucking planet. You do it. Fucking sort it out. It's not good. Bit of that. Well, it's not good. I can't do him. I don't know what I'm playing at. Why am I trying to do an Attenborough? Um, I tell you what, also, I mean, you won't have got there yet. I I think the first two episodes are superb. I think they're the best two episodes. All right. Well, I'm at the end of episode two. So does it tail off? I'm happy to be told to stop. Four picks up. Three is just he goes to Real Madrid. But I I think three deals with the Rebecca Luz thing or or maybe four. Oh, do they deal with Rebecca Luz? Well, this is what I want to talk to you about, John. They kind of do, they kind of don't. He doesn't say, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, I cheated on Victoria, you know. Well, also, 
he just kind of goes, it was a difficult time for us, but we rallied together. He talks about that like it's an England game rather than something mm-hmm. that he played a part in. So it, it just feels like it pulls its punches on that bit. And you know what I have to say? I think Victoria Beckham is the star of the show. Yes, she comes out of it well. Have you got to the bit yet where they're chanting about her? Yes. And <laughs> this woman that was... she didn't know what to say. She just went, do you want a polo? Yeah, well, do you know? It's funny you mention that because so at that funny. point, sometimes I think um, my wife doesn't like me at all. And sometimes I'll make a joke. Sometimes I make a joke and she laughs, but sometimes she makes a joke that uh, I'll make a joke and, and she will look at me like I'm the worst piece of shit she's ever met. Mm-hmm. So at, at that point in the documentary, obviously they're chanting, Posh Spice takes it up the AR. So is that the chant? Well, I remember from the time, I think it was, does she right. do that? Oh, so there I, was I, a... I remember it being wide. I remember, you know, those years when I was going to Forest all the time, I remember those games. It was just like the ho- it felt like the whole ground was chanting. Even as a kid, I was like, this is grotesque. Yes, awful. And very hard to, you know, defend football in those situations, you know. When you're watching with someone who doesn't, sometimes I say, "Oh, it'd be nice to take Elsie to a game at some point," and then you see <laughs> yeah. that, and you're like, "Maybe not." Yeah, I mean, it maybe. has changed. We should make it clear. You know, that it was widespread back then. I think if you heard <sighs> stuff like that now, it'd be slightly unusual. Certainly at a Premier League game. <sighs> it's certainly, it's certainly less popular than it used to be. But yeah, it's let's, certainly... let's say that. Let, let's 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 please try and content ourselves that some progress has been it made. It remains. It remains, yes, audible at points. Um, so uh, anyway, mm. Victoria then says, oh, this woman says, do you want a polo? And I said, fucking hell, don't offer the only mint with the hole. Yeah. Which I thought was a fine, that's great. a fine gag. Yeah. I, 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 wished, uh, I wish I wasn't alive. The look I got, I was God. just trying to lighten this. It's very tense at that point. Yeah. And it is good, you know, I hope the people watch it who, when you see the anger, what, I, I get caught up in a tournament, of course I do. Can but I just say that shot... moment, I, I did almost make a similar comment and didn't. Oh, did you? Oh, congratulations. I was going to go, the only suite that looks like an arsehole. Yeah. I think yours is more elegant, but I, I was just like, don't say that out loud. But you yeah, did. Yeah, well, you made the right call, having said it. I could tell you now. Um, Maybe I could get away with it. Though. I'll tell you what, the, the thing with having a tumour, <laughs> not that I can blame it, but you can just go, what are you going to do? Like, tell a sick man off. What are you going <laughs> to do? Chastise a dying man? <laughs> I've got to stop saying that because I will be fine. But you it's are just a in the way of dealing with it. But um, yes, it is a funny thing, like in terms of getting the dinner you want and stuff like that. What can do overrule a dying man? <laughs> I do have to stop saying it because I worry that in some way I'm going to like induce death. But um, just to reassure you, it, it, they're telling me it's not life threatening, so that's good. Uh, and you know, but I, I, as a joke, I do like to say it. I, I worry that I'm going to. It's going to be hard to get out of the habit of this. Yeah, I do feel for. I mean, obviously, th- there is an element to which all the, all these sort of conditions are, are very hard on the people around, and I, yes. I have been trying to sort of. Um, help your wife whenever I can as well but also knowing that you are one of the worst people to have to deal with I think I'd been in your flat about 10 minutes before you implied that she had given you the tumour oh no oh god <laughs> it's just <laughs> we've found a way to joke about it which you have to yes yeah absolutely um, but I think I am maybe keener on the bleaker elements of the <laughs> comedy landscape in this scenario than, than my wife or indeed any of my friends and family are I think they're like what, but you know, you got to you got to joke about it, haven't you, mate? You have absolutely, yes. Because, you know, it's what we are, isn't it? You've got a comedian to my fingertips. Um, yeah. So do you, you know the Do you know it. the headline on the front page of the BBC now? Um, 
Ford. <laughs> it's, a vibe. it's not about you um harry Maguire praises david beckham for career advice isn't that odd you sort of almost preempted it harry Maguire says a call from david beckham meant everything after being jeered by scotland fans i mean i just don't like the way do you know what i don't think you can blame opposition fans i mean i don't like it because i think it is bullying it, the thing that concerns me the most is the abuse he's been getting from his own supporters i don't think it's okay for opposition fans to join in either but i i kind of i'm like well football is a bit of a panto and as a fan you do it doesn't bother me for instance when people buy a national anthem i really couldn't care in fact i actually quite like it because i go oh this is an atmosphere are you just, yeah maybe it's because we're england fans and we, we like we're so used to so many of our fans doing it also i don't like it when we boo other countries but when people do it to us i'm like oh, it's fine I don't take any offence whatsoever. I just think this is panto. So opposition is it because think... ours is um, sort of monarchy based? Well, I think that's even if it was you... Jerusalem or, or whatever, I, I still wouldn't be offended that someone had booed the English national anthem. Would you? I just think fine. I just think you're trying to get in. A... It really reminds me of like mid nineties when you first start watching like World Cup qualifiers and stuff, and it was like abroad and and like hostile. I think there's something quite exciting about it, but. That is a different thing because it's not aimed at an individual. And I just think when – I don't blame opposition fans for, like, getting on players' backs within reason to, like, give their team an advantage. The the thing that really bothers me is the level of the abuse, obviously, is not justified. But also, there's so much of it has come from England fans is what really upsets me. That's what pisses me off. But Harry Maguire seems like such a good man. He's a brilliant footballer. It's just like, there's always a fool guy, isn't there, in any era? And yes. At the moment, it's him, and it's bullshit. I can't remember how we got onto that. It's good that I think Southgate is the right manager for him. Because yes. he's, you know, just doesn't even make it an issue, does he? Well, that's, just talks you know, about how good he is. That documentary when Glenn Hoddle's going, yeah, him getting sent off as, you know, resulted in his getting booted out of the World yeah. Cup. Or like words to that fact. You're like, no one is protecting him. Southgate, yes. imagine if Southgate, I mean, it's different because it's a red, but what I love of Simeone, I've never thought it was a red. I mean, at the time I did because I was a hot-headed 15-year-old in a pub. But since, you're like, it's never yes. a red for that. It was always harsh. It was mad to blame him for it. Um, and even Simeone's yeah. like, it's just not a red. Like, everyone knows it's not a red. And yet, the, basically, the whole country conspired to believe that it was in order to give the guy kicking because we found him a bit annoying anyway. Not really on, is it? Yeah. You, you can't understand. It's mad looking back. But what I don't, I, I, I always try and I, I don't particularly care for the in any sort of polemic issue. Oh well, it was a different era mm. because I think very often it's used as a scapegoat. But you look back at that time, and I, I really do think the Sarong thing had an insane effect on how he was treated after that red card. The fact that he wore the Sarong yeah. when he was on the front page of the papers, it. It had such, for a certain type of man, it was, right, that's it. I fucking hate him and everything he stands for. That then when the red card happened was like, it it was definitely part of it. And it seems insane to say that now, that the clothes he chose to wear in his private life, the fact that he enjoyed fashion and didn't mind wearing something a bit. Well, I mean, you see like now Kane in the lederhosen and all that. You imagine if it had a, a genuine effect on yeah, if Kane has a bad like, game now. That, that Kane wearing lederhosen was like publicity stunt for Oktoberfest. I mean, so Harry Kane genuinely like out and about wearing lederhosen. I bet he is. Lost it. He was wearing it at St. George's Park yesterday. I saw him. <laughs> He was did training see, in it. He had an umpire band with him. I'd love to see Kane in the flesh. I didn't see Kane, no. Grealish? Did see Grealish, yeah, oh. walking across. Um, didn't uh, didn't get to see him. There was a bit where a few players wandered over to watch um, Carrot in a Box unfold. No so way. Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold came over. Jordan Henderson came oh. over. Um, 
and they couldn't really hear. That was the problem because there's a lot of media going on. You mic up the players, but you can't uh, you can't sort of broadcast the sound. So the acoustics in there are terrible. Like it's, it's very much been built for football. I'm not going to write to the so FA it about it. But in terms of media work, the acoustics in there are not good. And obviously, you've got all the media together in terms of frequencies for uh, earpieces and things. So, you know, my earpiece wasn't where There's a lot of logistical things. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is it, it was very hard for me as a presenter, just sort of covering my back if it looks shit. Um, obviously, the, the, the feedback to the director wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, so my earpiece, we'd already fitted it, of course. Oh, so I, I had to have it in. But there was frequent feedback, very oh, loud God. pops and fizzes in my ear. Yeah. Uh, acoustically, of course, no one can hear what he's saying. Um, you're dealing with every now and again a player will kick a ball. I did at one point say to Aaron Ramsdale, sort of clapped to um, catch a fly that was uh, going past him. And I said, look, I realise you're all sort of around each other a lot. But just from a small nerd's point of view, if you do that around me, I will shit my pants and I will assume you're going to slap me around the face. <laughs> I sort of visibly flinched when he went to catch this fly and I had to acknowledge I'm not one of you. It is a very, um, they're a very tight squad. So they will just come over and sort of shoulder barge. That's their sort of greeting is to sort of just come and sort of just tap shoulders a little bit. Um it's lovely to say because it is, you know, they're obviously a very tight unit. But um, I like the fact that um, Trent and, and Henderson and maybe others have wandered over. I imagine them, you know, when um, I don't know if you've ever interacted with a with a with a pack of cows, <laughs> <laughs> they would just sort of, all of a sudden they're on you. Yeah, they just One have a way of just drifting silently, which for beasts so big is you're like fucking hell, they're in. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine That's that what just, the England football team is like. Yeah, they just sort of it's silently move towards you. And you're like, oh my god, Jordan Henderson and yeah. Alexander Arnold are here, and they're they're licking me. Yeah, well, what you have in your advantage in that situation is anything that looks different will draw their attention. It's similar to the cattle, I guess. That you know, if you if you walk through a field dressed in an odd way, or perhaps just so they assume you have food. Perhaps it was the carrot that drew them over. Um, we can't be sure, really, but obviously. There's maybe 10 or 15 little media groups set up around this giant training pitch, and they are all literally straight interviews where you sit down and oh, yeah. answer tedious questions Drum about, kits. well, obviously, Australia, you know, uh, but it's a difficult game. If you are in front, I was dressed like a fucking moron in front of a glittery background with two boxes with big carrots sticking out of them. So there was an element of, what the fuck's going on here, lad? Um so there's a bit of wandering over. It's quite fun watching people explain the game. Watching Calvin Phillips explain carrot in a box to Trent Alexander-Arnold was, you know, although I couldn't hear them, was amusing. But I, I and I, I'll say it again, they're, they're all lovely. And the way they handle that day, because it is tiring. Yeah. They've trained all morning, then they do media, and they literally will go around this room, they'll play a stupid game with me, then they'll go and do some photos, like still photos where they've got a, the way they click into blue steel. They can be laughing and joking, and then they'll say, right, can you just stand in front of here? And they do that arms folding, look to the side, look slightly angry thing. It's it's impeccable to watch. It's awe-inspiring. And then they go straight back to laughing and joking. Then they go around and have another dry interview. As I was leaving, and I'd say we'd been on site like six hours, something like that, just oh. to get literally two minutes of funny stuff to put out before a game that I still know. 90% of people watching will want to watch an England game and will be thinking, who's this twat? What is this? As I was leaving, I drove past. Like, There's like a Marks and Spencer's food truck just yeah. parked in a lay-by with, I think, Jack Grealish, Calvin Phillips and Jude Bellingham inside it. It was like three players. They're still there. 
and they go from one thing to another that they haven't eaten or anything. So they've, I know they've been out like four hours and now they're in a Marks and Spencer's food truck, obviously talking about the new salt beef bagel or whatever the fuck oh, is going yeah. on in there. It is, uh, I've got a lot of respect for the way they, they deal with it and they were impeccable and they were lovely to deal with and they weren't ungrateful. There was no sense of like watch you know they were enjoying it they like they like that side of it they enjoy you know i think they've realized now they've got to build careers for themselves and you know they took it really seriously sitting around isn't it they, they must just be so pleased to have like something to play with and do but do they do they seem young because whenever i meet footballers uh, it, it, you know you see them on the telly in a football kit and you yeah. think like they're men even when they look young but when you meet them close up you go Oh my god, I'm older than you, and like, and they do. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if they did feel like not only that, I'm twice your age. Like, did I'm you, literally did, old did enough to be young? your dad. Or do they There's, still feel like men? Some of them do. Yeah, I think I think it's a relatively sort of senior squad, isn't it? With sort of Kane and you know, they're all sort of I'd say mid to late. There's a few of the sort of teenage ones knocking about, and you <laughs> do you do realize. But I think because they're all in. Um, like training kit they just look like footballers but it's when you meet them and they're in like casual clothes that you realize oh you're really yeah you are you're a 19 year old lad but i happen to have watched you play football you know by the time they're you've been watching them for like two years i archie gray who's in the leeds team at the moment he's 17 years old but obviously we've been talking about him since he was like because of the Grey Dynasty, he's, he's been talked about already for two or three years. So coming through the ranks, and it feels like you have to remind yourself: it's a seventeen-year-old boy, basically. Crazy. It's absolutely insane. Speaking of abuse, um, yeah. uh, you told a story about uh, an insult you'd heard at a was it a Rangers game you'd gone to? Get it up, yeah, yeah, we prick, yeah. We've had an email from Stephen Powell who says, Gents, the perfect Glaswegian insults to an impossible-to-believe-yet-nailed-on Rangers coach to be Jesse Marsh from an episode 13. I think he's dropped out of the running now for the Rangers job, Jesse Marsh. Um, Scott Parker's in there. Uh, he said, it reminded me of an experience me and my brothers had earlier last year. We're from deepest, deepest darkest Essex. Now in our forties, we all live very far away from each other, so we camp together once a year to go and watch an obscure football match. That's nice. a lovely thing to do, isn't it? Great thing. Q to do. January twenty twenty two, Cowden Beef versus Edinburgh City FC. Uh, an Edinburgh defensive clear out ended up as a long through ball for their striker, who was cruelly and maliciously taken out by a Ronald Coleman style foul. <laughs> Oh. The ref was clearly unsighted and they looked longingly over to his lino, who, happy to be running the line in front of the 35 or so Edinburgh fans, had also made the journey and to whom we, as adoptive ECFC fans of the day, felt great allegiance. The lino kept his flag by his side. The response from the fans was, as you would expect, vivid, whereupon we heard the shout, Hey, lino, take your face for a shite! <laughs> Unbeknownst oh, to us, uh, it's a proper insult, and he sent the Urban Dictionary uh, link to away and take your face for a shite. Uh, Scottish oh, insult no. to imply one talks feces. <laughs> Go and take your face for a shit in standard English. E.g., Andy was moothing off in the pub. Big Alec tilt him. Away and take your face for a shite. That clamped Andy for the rest of the night. <laughs> there is something about like different parts of the world... Scotland's just so good for stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what struck me about the guy who's gone viral this week coming out of the rugby. 
They were oh, flat Nepal. Flat Nepal. What it is, it's the ability to keep talking with such a great range of vocabulary and colloquialisms. Like, I would say Wales, amazing for nicknames. Like, everyone acknowledges that. Just, there's a culture of nicknames there. I would say Scotland for insults and banter just is unsurpassable. Yeah. Well, that's what strikes me. He never swears, that guy. No. He's clearly hammered, and they've just lost. It's every excuse. I mean, there's a pish in there, of course. There is, but even Blutard. pish not pissed. Plutard. We're getting Plutard. Plutard. <laughs> I love that guy. Oh, he's just it's, so full of beans. Yeah. Well, it is. It, it, it sort of stands out because you don't see enough of that. You don't see enough of people coming out of sport and just saying, well, that was just fucking brilliant. I know we didn't win, but that's how I felt. On Saturday, I went to my first Leeds game of the season. Oh, Leeds mate. versus Bristol City. It was just, it was exactly that. I just thought, this is insane. It's October, but it was really sunny. I walked from the station to the ground. I had a can. I had a couple of beers at the game. We won. But it was lovely to win, obviously, but it was just, it was a lovely day to see some people I haven't seen for a while and all that. It's just, it's, it is supposed to be fun, isn't it? Well, that's it. And it is a, it is all the other stuff that goes around it. It is about his wine tours. We've been up in Shabley. <laughs> um, that's all the time we have for this episode. We will be back soon with another episode uh join us on another slice where for the price of half a pint a month we'll put out an extra podcast exclusively for another slice members three quid a month gets you the down the dog lock-in where you'll get a couple of episodes a month some outtakes and much more the first episode's already up and there will be another one next week go to another slice.com forward slash down the dog and don't forget to leave a five-star written review and tell all your friends about it get in touch as well hello at down the dog.com and think of other ways we can uh make this immersive pub experience at more just get in touch with anything you like see you soon bye bye